What's up, witches? It's me, that witch from work, coming to you from the broom closet, and I am excited to finally bring you this episode. I have wanted to share this topic since before I even launched the podcast, and for it to be episode six is kind of wild to me, but here we are, six episodes in, and today I'm going to talk to you about employee listening. Employee listening is one of those really interesting topics, and I've had a unique experience where I get to be both the person representing employee listening efforts for organizations, but also the employee who feels that hesitation and doubt on these, you know, quote unquote, anonymous surveys. So we're going to talk about it today because I think that more than ever before, uh, employers and employees, as well as job candidates, are realizing how important it is to co-create the employee experience. And co-create is language that you hear me use quite a bit. It's one of my you know buzzwords, if you will. But this idea of co-creation is really meaningful to me because for a long time, employers held uh, the power, if you will. And I've talked about this in posts. If you follow me on Instagram, I've talked about, you know, the U.S. Pluto return and, and how the power dynamics are shifting, especially in the world of work. But employers held all the power. Um, they were determining what benefits were offered. They were determining work schedules. They were determining how you worked and where you worked. And then when we had this global event, you know, in uh, 2020, it really disrupted work, right? I mean, all of a sudden we had people working remotely. We had, uh, you know, all these new compliance and protocols and procedures. And it was a moment where the power dynamic was forced to shift. And all of a sudden employees were realizing and job seekers especially were realizing what their values were, what their non-negotiables were, that it w- it no longer felt like I just had to do what my employer was asking me. When, when my safety is in question, when my sense of wellness is in question, when I'm trying to find a sense of community and shared ideals and perspectives, Um, You know, it's easier to kind of flip the bird to your current employer and say, I'm going to go work somewhere else where I feel like I'm valued and I feel like I'm appreciated. So we had the turnover tsunami, uh, the, I'm trying to think of the the great something else. It was the great turnover, something like that. Uh, And and people just were leaving their jobs in droves, partly because of layoffs, um, partly because of like furloughs, but also partly because job seekers were just fed up right? They were fed up. And so now we have been closing off the great recession. Um, Sorry. Words are escaping me today. Uh, The great reshuffling and, you know, people just moving jobs, moving companies, changing job titles. Uh, It's not so much that people are exiting or reentering the workforce, but they're just kind of like trading spaces. Um, And that's really because again, people clarified their values and clarified what they need. And so now they know what they want from an employer. But the thing is, is that in order for those needs to continue to be fulfilled, not only do employees need a channel to share that feedback and offer their perspective, but employers need to be in a position where they're ready to receive that feedback and implement changes. Again, this is about co-creation because right now the, the big question is who has the power? And not only who has the power, but who has the responsibility of curating a work environment 
which meets the needs of the majority of the employee population. And so this is why employee listening is something that I feel really passionate about and I'm really excited to talk about today. But I want to establish one thing right from the very beginning, something that I think uh, some you know witches will be pretty familiar with, but it might be new to some people. So I want to set this foundation before we get too far into listening efforts. Words are spells. We learn from very, very early on in our life, how important our words and language really is. Something that I share with astrology clients, and this is very much informed by the astrology education and mentoring that I've received and that I'm currently receiving, is that you can look at the house system in a natal chart and consider the human lifespan or human development kind of over the top of that. And it's not a perfect alignment with the zodiac signs and the zodiac wheel, but it does like wink at it quite a bit. And there's some congruency in the themes there. And so if, if we think about from the lens of human development, when you are at the age where you are really starting to learn language and use language impactfully, and I have a child who is turning two in almost a week, just a little over a week, they're at the point where they are starting to use words. They know more words than they know how to use. They can repeat words, but they're just barely at that point where they're figuring out that if I say, please, mom is more likely to do something for me. Or if I say no, someone might stop what they're doing. Um, and trying to figure out how to gain more language to get the needs met, right? So we realize that by using words, by using language, by having a common language, it's easier to get our needs met, right? This is the, this is the shift from uh, the second house to the third house. This is a shift from focusing solely on I have a physical needs, I have emotional needs, and I need those needs to be met to one way for me to get those needs met is by communicating, um, especially with the people in my immediate surroundings, right? And that's siblings and that's our childhood friends. It's those neighbors and that's the third house, right? This area of what is immediately in front of us. And so not only are you able to meet your needs more immediately in an, a more meaningful way, a more impactful and timely manner, you're also able to start forming relationships and building friendships, Right. And so all of a sudden, this value of knowing words goes up and we become really curious of what else can we say? What else can we learn? Um, what else can we share and establish as this connection point between me and the people around me? Because I'm realizing the value that it brings into my life. When you get a little bit older, and this is actually where my five year old is at, you start realizing that some words are off limits. Some words, if not used in a funny context, mom and dad might get upset with you for using it or tell you specifically that you don't say that word around grandma. And so now you start realizing the weight of words, right? You start realizing um, not just that you can use them as a tool and as a connection and as a bridge, but you can also use them to hurt people. You realize um, how impactful they can be, but not always for the greater benefit or the greater good, right? So this moment where we're really exploring words is a really like foundational piece of our development and our journey through the house system in the natal chart. So 
we learn this really early on that words are meaningful and you know again witches might use the language words are spells and this follows the concept that energy flows where intention goes and so when you put intention into the words that you use when you take time to be more thoughtful about it when you are more conscious of what you are saying um then you're able to yield a greater result or to make a stronger impact or you know make a broader point um and so we have to first establish and understand this baseline. Words are spells. I actually um, made a, a TikTok video recently where I was kind of making fun of uh, employee engagement surveys. And that's because I've done a lot of work with this professionally, but I've also been the employee that's either like wishing that there was a way for me to give feedback anonymously or... Um, you know, having employees come to me and requesting that I create channels of feedback for them to give to their employers. Um, and so I, I made this TikTok video where I was kind of like laughing about how we give these employees the opportunity to share their feedback with their employer. And then as you read through some of the comments, they will be as simple as two words, pay more. And that was kind of like the punchline of the video was, you know, you finally have this channel, you finally have this platform to use your voice to create, you know, a, an impact in your organization. And that's all that you say. Um, and someone actually commented, and I quote, I did indeed mention pay in mine. Didn't realize I was casting a spell, but cool. And so, you know, whether you're into, like, you know, if you're listening to this podcast because you're more interested in my HR perspective or my career development perspective and you're less on the side of witchy things, or if you're here because you are very much into the occult, you're very much into the mystical and the spiritual and the woo-woo, and it's just an interesting take on professional development or human resources acumen or something like that, we have to establish this baseline of understanding that words are spells, words are magic. The words that we use matter, right? The words that we use um, can make a difference in how we get our needs met, how we um, bring connection to one another, or how easily it is for people to understand our messaging, to be inspired by, by an idea, to um, to kind of like attach to us in some way, right? So the words that we use are actually really, really important. And when this person said in the comment, you know, didn't realize I was casting a spell, but cool. It's like, well, you were putting intention into something, weren't you? You were putting it out there, hoping that it would make a difference, that it would make a ripple. And so to, to, to share something as simple and as small and as short, how impactful is that really? Right. And, and how clear is your desire? And therefore, how easy is it for people hearing that message to meet your desire to, um, to co-create this with you? Um, and so you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. I'm going to talk about how to be really intentional with the feedback that you give. And I'm going to talk about for anyone that's on the receiving end of employee feedback, um, how to kind of approach this with a new perspective of this idea of co-creation. But I do want to talk about another thing first, because I think it's really, really important. And again, this was inspired by another TikTok comment left on that video. Um, and I quote, I don't like those because I feel like we're being targeted and they can figure out who we are. So I have a few thoughts on this. First and foremost, that sounds fair, doesn't it? That's fair. You know, I feel like we're being targeted. I feel like they can figure out who we are. It doesn't really feel anonymous. So maybe it doesn't feel safe to share this perspective or to share this feedback. First and foremost, as someone who uses tools to deploy listening efforts, I can tell you that just like anything in this world, 
It is very rare to have a truly anonymous platform, right? And the tools that are used to deploy these surveys make it almost impossible to figure out who said what, especially if you are at a large organization. There's anonymity thresholds. Um, there are different rules that are employed in best practices where, you know, like for me, I, I can't set up widgets. I have to test widgets regularly to make sure that there is no way to accidentally allow someone to find out who said what. So there's a lot of effort uh, that's put into these to truly help them remain fully anonymous. Okay. But the other thing that you need to have in mind is that whatever you are sharing, I would ask you, why not own that? If you wouldn't say it to somebody's face, not like, why are you saying it now? But, but what is holding you back from owning your opinion? from completely owning that perspective and having a willingness to put yourself behind it. How meaningful and how impactful can that feedback be if you're not willing to stand behind it? There's fear of retaliation and there are a ton of laws, anti-retaliation laws. So if you are in a work environment where you don't feel like you can own the opinion because you are afraid that you will be retaliated against, I have to ask you, why are you still working there? Okay, like, wh like what's the point of even giving feedback in an environment where you feel like you could be um, uh, retaliated against and not held accountable for your feedback because that is different. But if you feel like your employer will come after you for sharing an opinion, then you should not be working there. You need to get out and you need to find a different job because no one deserves to be in that work environment. And the, the, that leadership, you know, deserves to suffer if that's the space that they've created, right? There, that's why there are laws built around this. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt and a shot of tequila if that feels good. But, but I really feel like it's super, super important that you have to give your honest and authentic opinion and you really should have a sense of ownership over it because the the idea is that you give this feedback and then they take action on it right they take reasonable action and that might include your efforts that might include them coming to get more clarity um you know hey you guys said that uh you know you wanted better employee benefits well now we're going to ask you again what specific benefits you're looking for are you going to own that opinion are you going to help like give your feedback and really help them curate a benefits program that supports you and your needs. And so these are the things. So what I want to talk about today, so let me just do a quick recap. Words are spells, right? Where intention goes, energy flows. Are they actually anonymous? Nothing in the world is. We can find your IP address anywhere. You know what I mean? But you have to trust that your organization cares more about your feedback and therefore they will honor the anonymity thresholds and be mindful as they're setting up the, the dashboards to review this data. And if you're in an organization that you don't think is doing that and will in fact retaliate against you, you should not be working there. Okay, but let's say that you are in an organization where you do have trust and you really want to be thoughtful with what you share. Here is my perspective on how you can give actually productive feedback where your employer can take reasonable action. All right. It might seem really obvious that if you just say pay more, it's like obviously pay more. But here are things that maybe you're not thinking about. What does pay more mean? 
when you when you are not getting paid enough, have you actually done research in the market? Do you know for a fact that your role is worth more at another organization? And is it in the same industry or is it outside of your industry? Because a lot of employers right now are doing all of this market analysis. They're actually comparing. And, and something that I think employees don't actually understand and is a helpful you know thing to clarify is that when they set salary ranges for jobs, they are paying you on the worth of the role. And it's, it's completely separate from what's happening in the economy. You know, I've seen all of these things on LinkedIn. You know, if you got a 3% raise, then you actually got a pay cut because inflation has gone up 9%. And there is, you know, there's truth in that, but you have to understand that the way that employers historically have gone about adjusting employees' pay has nothing to do with inflation. Is that the right thing to do? I'm not here to talk about that today. If you guys want that to be another episode, then I do have perspectives and opinions on this. But this is just why saying something like pay more doesn't always translate to the people reading it because they could be thinking, what are you talking about? We just did a market analysis and all of our employees are within that 80% range of their salary ranges. We're super competitive in the market. So instead, you want to leave feedback saying inflation is out of control. I can barely afford to pay my rent and feed my family because the cost of gas, the cost of groceries, my utilities have gone up drastically. And even though we have done pay adjustments, it's not enough to currently sustain my life. All of a sudden, HR knows it's not enough to just do a market analysis, right? We need to do something more. You think well, okay, you can't assume that the person reading this knows what you're thinking, right? There is a gap. This is where language is important and words are spells. You need to be very specific. The more specific you can be, the more action that can be taken. Now, some of you might be listening to this and thinking, this is not my job. This is HR's job. This is my manager's job. It's not my job to tell you how to solve these problems. That's why we employ, you know, a benefits team. This is why we employ compensation analysts. And, you know, that's fair. That's a, that's a fair thing to say. But again, I want to challenge everyone to shift this perspective into co-creation. It's really easy just to point a finger across the aisle and say, that's so-and-so's problem. But if you really believe that, you know, you have ownership in your own employee experience and now you've been given a platform to share your perspective, make it count, make it meaningful. The other thing that I've seen quite a bit in comment sections is um, management sucks. Here's another thing that I wish employees understood. We don't know what level of management you're talking about. Because it actually is anonymous and we don't know who you are. So when you say management sucks, how many layers of management are there between you and the executive leadership? How many business lines are there that could potentially be pointed at? And yes, we try to filter the data so that way we know, you know, is this from a revenue generating department? Is this from an operations department? Is this from, you know, whatever? And we can kind of see that. But again, we're trying to honor anonymity. So if you can be specific and say, uh, you know, leaders don't have enough training in giving coachable feedback. Whoa, what a difference that makes. So when you're when you finally have this platform, I just want to reiterate, give productive feedback. And one way to understand whether your feedback is productive or non-productive is you have to ask yourself, if someone is reading this with no context, 
would they be able to take reasonable action? And if the answer is no, you need to be more specific. If you are afraid of being retaliated against, don't work there. But, you know, if someone were to come to you, they they won't because it's anonymous. But if they were to come to you and say, hey, so-and-so, you said this. Could you clarify what you meant by that? Because it was really interesting to me and I'd love to learn more. Would you be willing to own that? And say, yeah, this is exactly what I mean. You know, I get feedback, but it's not timely. I get feedback, but... The person who's giving it to me doesn't actually know how to do my job, and so it's not very meaningful. Or I get feedback, but they're really rude about it, and I end up just feeling offended because they don't have any social skills. But you have to be able to own it. You have to be able to stand behind what you're saying. And so, again, you know, I, I made this funny video where you know employees are filling out the survey and they just say pay more, and it's just so disappointing because I know how often that happens. There are so many employees working in organizations that don't offer employee surveys or employee feedback channels, and they are desperate for that platform. And I'll tell you right now, tech, of course, is one of the early adopters for everything. But this is the age of Aquarius. You know, as an air sign, it's relational by nature. Air is how we actually, uh, you know, it's air that passes through our vocal cords that creates sound. Air is how we share with one another our ideas. We communicate our feelings, our intentions, our beliefs, our thoughts, our ideologies. Okay, so Aquarius is universal air. It's about supporting more than just individuals, more than just close partnerships or immediate communities. It's about supporting broader communities. And with technology, which is also very Aquarian, we are like having global workforces. We are having remote teams. We are having entire teams work together that have never met each other or even seen each other in person. It's easier than ever to create a global workforce. But in order for that to be truly collaborative, in order for that to be sustainable, in order for that to really make sense, we need to feel comfortable using our voices. We need to employ that air element and really consider that our words our spells, our words have meaning, our words when with, you know, partnered with intentionality and authenticity can really help create an environment that is most supportive of this utopian and more ideal state of the world. And that's also a very Aquarian perspective, right? Of um, things suck the way that they are. And I was born into this world wanting to make a difference. I was born into this world with this initiative of wanting to make it better than I found it. And when we apply that specifically to the world of work, we think about the employee experience and the human experience. You know, how do we create a uh, best version of this utopian environment where people are aligned with jobs that they care about, where organizations, you know, give a shit about what their employees think and what they feel. And we really get to work together. We get to co-create. We get to, we get to, you know, uh, innovate in this space and make it something really impactful. Because when we can do that, that's when the real work happens. Do you know how much time is wasted by your human resources team trying to put out small petty fires that could be avoided if folks were in the right job fit 
if they received the training and the development that was most impactful and meaningful to them, if employees actually were incented to stay because they knew that they were paid well, because they had the benefits that matched them, and because they were actually engaged and interested in their work. But this is deep work. And frankly, this is work that falls on the employee and the job candidate. It is your responsibility to know yourself well enough that you're only applying for jobs that you are aligned with, that you're only working for companies that match your values. We waste so much time job hopping because we get dissatisfied with part of the experience and part of that is because we weren't very thoughtful about how we were engaging in our job search in the first place. And then HR spends so much time trying to fix that when the real work to be done is, again, this idea of co-creation. How do I remove barriers? How do I remove obstacles, right? How do we develop our people? How do we uh, invest in relationships? And how do we maintain this idea of service, right? Organizations exist and jobs exist to solve problems. How do we focus on those problems and make it meaningful, right? So, I feel like I'm on a soapbox. I'm going to gently step down now. Um, This is something that I feel so passionate about. Again, this is one of the first episodes I wanted to release. Um, And I hope that minimally it just made you recognize the power of your words and will help you be more thoughtful as these anonymous surveys come up. And again, if you're one of the people that's rolling your eyes because you're like, they're not actually anonymous, if you will not own your opinion... If you are afraid of being retaliated against by your employer, you need to ask yourself why you're in that position and why you're with that organization and consider making a shift. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It's something I'm very obviously passionate about. And if you'd love to hear more from me and more of the things that I feel passionate about, please join the Corporate Coven mailing list. You can subscribe from my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com. I'd love to connect with you on other platforms. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. If you have any ideas for future episodes and things that you'd love to hear from me, please let me know. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving me a five-star review. It helps a lot. Thanks. Thanks.